0: All right, my friends, welcome back to another one here on Insight. I'm CBV, Chris Van Fleet. Thanks for being with us. And thank you for making Insight one of the top wrestling podcasts in the world. You know, I say it a lot, but it it bears repeating. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. And just thank you for tuning in each and every episode. I got to say, I've always wanted to interview Butterbean. I was at WrestleCon this year. His table was like just on the other side of the room from where I was. And I was like, man, what a legend. What a legend. I mean, as a wrestling fan, of course, you immediately go to Brawl for All and that nasty, nasty knockout to Bart Gunn. And I Butterbean talks about it here, but Bart Gunn really wasn't the same ever again after that, especially in his wrestling career. But all of this came together, this interview, this episode, because of DDP. I was staying with him in Atlanta. That's when I went to the premiere of Cody's documentary, stayed with DDP, interviewed DDP. That was episode number 500 and one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. And so we wake up that morning, the day that we were going to go to the, the premiere, and he goes, oh, bro, would you want to interview Butterbean? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, absolutely. Freaking legend. And he goes, oh, okay, great. Uh, Let me text him. He'll be here at 2.30. And I was like, what? Oh, it's happening just like that? So we worked out, got ready for the interview. Next thing you know, Butterbean's at the door and this interview's happening inside DDP's house. Amazing. I mean, we know the stories about how DDP has helped people like Scott Hall or Jake the Snake Roberts. Well, three years ago, Butterbean was in a wheelchair. He weighed over 500 pounds He couldn't stand straight up. You can see the photos of him using, like, uh, crutches. He would walk around, like, completely bent over, almost a 90-degree angle. And with DDP's help, he's now lost over 200 pounds. For the first time in his adult life, he's weighing in at less than 300 pounds. He looks amazing. Obviously, a lot of this is his hard work and his dedication. But if it wasn't for DDP, man, I... I, (laughs) I don't know where Butterbean would be at. And Butterbean also doesn't know where he'd be at. So I loved this conversation. Please take a screenshot and share this out. He's at Butterbean Boxer on Instagram. He's also very popular on TikTok. So if you're on TikTok, go find him at Butterbean King of Four Round. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And if you're on TikTok, I'm at Chris.van Vliet. But I hope you enjoy this. It sounds like we're going to get at least one more Butterbean fight before he officially hangs them up. Could it be against Mike Tyson? We've never seen Butterbean and Mike Tyson get together. That could be so good. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. The one and only Butterbean. All right, sir, it is an honor and a privilege to be sitting down with you here. So thank you for coming by. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm saying thank you for coming by. We're at Diamond Dallas Page's house. Like, Thank you for coming to DDP's house and then us hanging out here.
1: Yeah, most of the time I'm getting tortured downstairs when I'm here. Yeah, you guys
0: go way back here. He was getting you into some pretty great shape.
1: Oh, you know, when when you take somebody from not walking in a wheelchair for three years to in four months walking out. Wow. I mean, that's, it's, it's incredible. So you lived here with Dallas? Well, I lived at the other house. Okay. In the crib. Yeah. How did it get to a point
0: where you were in a wheelchair?
1: Just years of like running. You know, when you're 400 pounds and you're running. Yeah. Because I was putting in two, three miles a day. People don't realize I had to do a lot of cardio yeah, just to be able to fight. You know, you, you see a big guy, you're thinking, well, he's not going to last. But I was quick for my side.
0: Yeah, nobody looks at you and goes, that guy has great cardio.
1: Exactly, that I did. Yeah. I mean, it shocked people. I mean, I went 10 rounds with Holmes. I actually dropped him in the 10th round.
0: So it was just years and years of just wear and tear on your body?
1: Running, and then then I did MMA for a while. I had probably 40 or 50 different MMA fights.
0: Yeah, people don't talk about that part of your career nearly as much as everything you did in boxing for, almost well, 10, 15 years.
1: And the messed up part about my MMA fights, probably the last, I'd say 15 fights, I didn't even train. I just walked in and fought. It was crazy, and I done really well. I mean, I beat Cabbage up a couple times. And imagine if you had trained. Oh, crazy! Yeah, I just my hips were so out of whack, I couldn't. Yeah. What was the biggest thing
0: that Dallas really worked on with you here?
1: Well, the the, the main thing was stretching my 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 legs. My muscles in my legs were so bound because I was I was in a ninety degree angle. I mean, if we walked up you know, hey bro, how you doing? Yeah. I'd be in your chest. My head, I, my head was that just bent over. Wow. I mean, I have some friends that are little people. Yeah, and I was about their height. That's how bent over I was. That's I was in a wheelchair. I was couldn't walk.
0: Did it come to a point where you had accepted that maybe this was how life
1: was going to be for you? Oh, I did. I, I mean, they got hold of me probably ten years ago trying to hook me in Dallas up. Mm. I said, I'm not doing yoga. It, it ain't going to help me. Yoga is. I, I laughed at them, and then I had Dallas on a podcast. Me boss and Flex Wheeler, and Flex goes Dallas. You got to help Butterbean. Yeah, and Dallas goes, I have a show coming up called Change or Die. He goes, I can't tell you much about it because we just thought it up. I don't have much to say about it. And I said, I want to be on it. Mm. And I was willing to do anything just to be able to walk.
0: He was actually talking to me about that show because Buff Bagwell was on that show. Then I interviewed Buff Bagwell. You guys said you and Buff Bagwell, I don't think got along very well on that
1: show at first. There's a couple bumps and bruises. Yeah, 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 we we're all fine now.
0: Yeah, that's good. And look at you now. Uh, and you're preparing for another fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, people laugh because, I mean, I've had, yeah, I've done appearances and things, and I was talking about fighting. The lady come on the internet and goes, he can't fight. He's in a wheelchair. I go, you were right. I was in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. But that's the remarkable part about this is to come from being in a wheelchair. I didn't go. I was inducted the Alabama Hall, Boxing Hall of Fame. Didn't go. I was too embarrassed. Wow. So now it's like, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to prove to the world. If you have discipline and you're determined to do something, you can accomplish anything. Yeah. Just like, just like Vinny Penzienzi broke his neck, come back and
0: won a world title. Yeah. Is this one last fight or is this the restart of another career? I I just want to do one big fight,
1: maybe two big fights, but that's tops. You know, everybody wanted you in the day. To fight Mike Tyson. I would love to fight Tyson. It's one of the guys that we're seriously talking about. And that's what we're here. We're shooting basically a sizzle reel for a major company. Okay. To show, like, he's serious. He come from a wheelchair. Yeah. To, like, being a badass like he used to be. Yeah. If not, I never fought at 300 pounds. When I walk in the ring, I'll be about 280. And that's light for you. I've never fought that light. I've never fought under a 315. That's crazy. That was the lightest I've ever fought is 315. Wow. What was the best that you felt? What
0: weight did you feel best at? Probably about 340. That's insane to think about because we're like the
1: same height. I yeah. can't imagine weighing that much. Right now, I mean, I'm I'm at 313 right now. Mm. But people are like, there's no way you weigh that much. Mm. But my, my my I in my, our genetics, we build muscles so quick. Mm. Like it's it's crazy. I when in high school I started benching 100 pounds. Okay. Within a month, I was benched at 350. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, I could barely bench the 100 when we first started. Yeah. Wow. We, I can't explain. I just got really good genetics. My son, same thing in high school. He was tested like 10 times one year for steroid use. Wow. Because he was just freakishly strong for his size.
0: Wow. Why didn't the fight with Tyson happen in the 90s?
1: There's so much politics. I mean, one thing that they never wanted Tyson to fight anybody could punch. If you notice they kept away from people that, that, that could punch. Mm. Um, Kevin McBride knocked Tyson out. There's a guy named Lewis Monaco that, that destroyed him, and I didn't Monaco was the easy fight for me. Mm. So things like that, that you know, that they, they they knew one thing I had as a big punch, and I had a great chin. I mean, they I've been hit with like everything. I've never, you know, been really phased by it. Was there ever a point where it was close to getting a fight with Tyson? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Mm. I mean I right now it's probably the closest it's ever been well because there's serious serious people in the business that, that want to see this tape and and know I'm serious and I'm very serious about it. You recently also called out Jake Paul. I would love to fight Jake Paul, but he's he's too smart to fight me <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest I mean I'm not saying he's a coward or anything like that, but I would destroy him. I think he knows I mean I hit way too hard for him. well you're a
0: lot bigger than him. you weigh a lot more than him.
1: Well, once you're in the heavyweight division, you're heavyweight. Is he a heavyweight? Yeah, he's a heavyweight. I thought he was bouncing like he, he he can go down to the cruiser, but he's he's a wasn't his last fight like 190 something? 197's heavyweight. Oh wow.
0: Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, he's he's right at heavyweight. It's I feel like the matches that he's making are like he's trying to make as much money as he can in these fights.
1: Which is smart. He's fighting what bugs me, he's fighting X MMA guys yeah. only in a boxing match. Yeah. Now, when I, I had a fight scheduled to fight Mark Hunt and it was on an MMA card, but we were going to stand up box. Mark Hunt couldn't get into the country, so they changed the fight to MMA fight, which I hadn't had MMA fights before, but I wasn't training for an MMA fight. Yeah. Send so up paying me double for the fight, which is better for me because I destroyed the guy anyhow, but <laughs> it's a different sport. MMA guys are not always the best stand up guys.
0: Yeah. Even though they train in boxing, that's not their. Only thing that they're good at.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If,
0: if the boxing don't work, they can take them down. What do you think of his boxing? Jake Paul's boxing.
1: It's getting better. You know, he he made a statement a while back about me. He's like, they said something about him. He goes, I'm not, I'm not like Butterbean. I'm not I'm not a joke. Yeah. Ever since then, I wanted to fight him. Just to show him. I mean, if he thinks I'm a joke, I want to fight him. I feel like the Tommy Fury fight kind of showed like, you know, a
0: boxer, he finally fought a boxer and he lost to the boxer. I think it kind of made people go, "Oh, maybe he's not as good as we thought he might have been."
1: He's getting better. I mean, I'm not. I'm not downing him. He's getting better. But he, and then he makes statements like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm proving people that I'm really. I'm a really a fighter. I go out there and I train in a, a dungeon type atmosphere, and that makes me. It makes me work harder for it. That ain't how it works." When he leaves that dungeon-type atmosphere, he goes to the million-dollar house. Yeah,
0: multi-million-dollar
1: house. Multi-million-dollar, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, but it's the guys that don't have that multi-million-dollar dollar house to fall back on.
0: Them are the ones that fight harder. What's that whole idea of, like, when you got the satin sheets? And I'm sure you've heard it. When you got the satin sheets, it's hard to get out of bed. It, yeah. It's hard to get out of bed and want to go train, but when you don't have that— You're trying to reach for that. You're trying to get that because you're hungry
1: for it. See, and everybody's like, "Oh, Butterbean just wants a payday." I would love it being another big payday. I'll be honest with you. But when you get injured and you can't work for five years, Mm. eats away a lot of the savings that you've put back. Yeah. But like my house, everything, you know, all that has been paid for by my my you know by my boxing career. So I'm not I'm not like desperate need or nothing like that. Yeah. Love a big payday, but that ain't. I'm doing it because I want to prove to everybody if you if you have determination, it's kind of like being president. How they always tell you when you're a kid, you can be even president if you want to be. Yeah. They lie to you, that it's never gonna happen. <laughs> but if you put your mind to something, you can you can accomplish almost anything you want to you want to do in life. I think there's people that would look at you and they
0: would go, Man, that guy does not look like a boxer. And I feel like you proved some, so many people wrong during your career.
1: Oh, well, even like Larry Merchant, even like had eaten his words a couple of times. You know, here I'm fighting a, a ripped guy, just like, you know. And he ended up the, the, his, his name is Lewis Monaco. He actually ended up knocking out Buster Douglas, knocked out a bunch of big names. Oh, this guy's gonna destroy Butterbean. I knocked the guy out, <laughs> and, and they, they can't say nothing about it afterwards. They 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 don't want to like me because I don't look like a typical fighter. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you have seen me a year and a half ago, you'd be like, wow, there's no way he's accomplished what he has now. Mm. I mean, I was 500 pounds. Wow. Wow. I would say closer to 5'15". At what age did you realize you had a real gift for this? I'm, I'm, right now I feel younger and in better shape than I did in my prime back then. Wow. Which is scary. I don't know why I have that feeling that yeah. I'm just like, I feel like I'm 10 times a fighter now, just from the experience, from what I've did to, to the, to the, just how I'm feeling inside. I feel like energetic. I've I got energy. I'm like I'm alive. Yeah. When you were a kid, did you go
0: like Was there something that happened that made you go Oh my gosh, boxing is for me.
1: No, I was I was a fat kid that pig kids picked on, and I I hate bullies, and and I I've, I've even bullied a couple kids in school, and I feel bad about it because I was bullied, so I just passed it on to a couple. Me and that guy, a couple guys I did bully were friends now, so yeah, I've. And and I get it. And kids are cruel. I mean, I was even adults pick on you. You know, I mean, I even get there once while you fat you fat ass you this and that, and then they realize who I am and they change their whole story. <laughs> then how it should be. You know, I'm I, there's not many three hundred pounders walking around that look as good as I do right now.
0: Yeah, and, and that have the power in that right hand that you have
1: or left. I, That's I, I true. That's run. true. Yeah, I'm I'm like I'm very fortunate to, to be blessed with good genetics. I mean, uh, it's crazy. This episode is brought to you by mud water.
0: And I say this to you as I drink here from my mug of mud water. And no, it's not actually mud that I'm drinking. It's a coffee alternative made with four adaptogenic mushrooms and all kinds of other great ingredients that gives you all of the benefits of coffee, all the energy but with just a fraction of the caffeine and without the jitters or the crash of coffee and this is something for me that's like a mid-morning drink or like a mid-afternoon drink when you're looking for that boost of energy but you don't want what's going to come with coffee like half an hour later where you're like ah oh, man i kind of need another one right now mud water's hooking you up with 15 percent off when you go to mudwater.com cvv or you use the code CVV15 at checkout. That's 15% off with the code CVV15. I just love the taste of this, and I love the way that you feel just a few minutes after drinking it, and I know that you will too. Go check out mudwater.com slash CVV. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew, and if you've ever been thinking of trying Blue Chew, how about your first month for free? Yeah, when you use the promo code CVV at checkout at BlueChew.com, you'll get your first month for free. You just have to pay $5 for shipping. Guys, this is the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but it's in chewable tablets and a fraction of the cost. And the best part, it's all done online. There's no doctor's visits, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and Look, even if you don't struggle in the bedroom department, this is kind of a fun thing to try. And I promise you, the missus or the girlfriend or whoever it is, is gonna be a big fan of this too. BlueChew.com, use that promo code CVV at checkout and you get your first month for free. You just have to pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, the promo code is CVV. So what age did boxing find you, or or did you find boxing?
1: I started young. I was in my 20s when I started fighting. That's not young at all. That's old. That, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I started, like, I was old, but I lied. I was, I was 26 for about five years. <laughs> and finally, a guy named Dave Bond Temple, he goes, now, nah, Butterbean, how old are you really this year? I told him, I'm 26. He goes, you've been 26 for five years. <laughs> I said, I'm 27 now. So what made you get into it? It was a tough man contest. Okay. I... I'd work in a factory and we were making 250 a week and that's with overtime. This has been a long time ago now. Yeah. And I could fight in a tough man and make a thousand bucks in in two nights. Had to fight four or five guys, but that's all right. Sure. And then I went to the world tough man, I just walked through it. I mean, until the final fight. And I had the short draw, which means I fought, the other guy fought, then I fought, and then we had to fight each other. Oh, wow. So I had a very short rest, and he was like, the promoter's from the same hometown, the promoter and everything. And I actually beat him, but they give it to him. And then I fought him the year after that and I beat him.
0: Oh. And people always talk now, like, you never know who might be a boxer, who might be doing MMA training. You know, you never want to pick a fight with somebody or like a road rage thing. You're like the epitome of that. Like, you're the epitome of like, you never know what someone might be capable of
1: true story. Like a good friend of mine, Boss Root, and it, you know, guys would pick on him at bars, and all. that's the wrong guy you have to pick on. <laughs> yeah. Because he was like, he's like legit brutal. In your absolute prime, did you have people that would try to pick fights with you at the bar? I really never did. I, I used to, when I first started, I was a bouncer. I had one guy, you know, kind of challenge me. I'm going, dude, if you beat me up, I'm going to lose my job. I won't have a boxing career. If you know how to talk to people, you can get out of the fights. I mean, I if money wasn't involved, I didn't want to fight. It hurts. But I just feel like someone would go, Man, did you see that? I sucker punched butterbean. I I never had it. I'm I'm it's great. Yeah. Like on my social media when a lot of people go on, they have all these trolls. Mm-hmm. I don't get them. If you if you're if you're kind to people and you treat people with respect, they don't they don't give you that BS. Mm. That's what I've found.
0: A lot of people watching this are big wrestling fans. And, you know, when your name comes up in the world of wrestling, it's Brawl for All.
1: Oh, well, it's, to me, that was a big part of, of of the wrestling. And it's, I think it will go down in history. I mean, that, that was a big, to me, that was a big thing. I mean,
0: it was a brilliant idea. Like, can these wrestlers actually fight? And I think that y- you proved the difference between a pro boxer and a pro wrestler.
1: Without a doubt. Hey. <laughs> yeah, poor Bart. You know? <laughs> yeah, you, uh... Y- you kind of ended his career. I'm surprised Martin Lero didn't do better in it than what, because he was a golden glove boxer. Yeah, yeah. Me and him had had a match prior to that. And he could, he, Mark could actually legitimately fight.
0: Tell me, like, walk it back here. Like, what was the setup? How would, how did the call go with WWF at the time of, like, we're doing this thing, do you want to be part of it?
1: No, it's actually me. I was supposed to be on the pay-per-view when before Tyson got out, me and Tyson were going back and forth about me and him fighting. No bad blood. Me and Mike get along great. Mm. But they didn't want us in the same arena because they thought it would be legit. See, to me, fighters don't fight like that. Yeah. I mean, if you're a legit fighter, you're a professional fighter, you act like a professional. You don't get in a fight prior to the fight. Yeah. There's no sense. It's stupid. But they didn't want to put us together. So, Bart, my understanding, was supposed to lose to Dr. Death. And he didn't. He knocked him out. So I was brought in as punishment. That's what. That's the story I got behind the, the scenes. What was the What was the vibe like backstage before that? Vince just hey, Bean, just give it, give it, give it all you got. I, I mean, it's like okay, I'll do what I can do. I, I mean, that was easy. It was pretty easy. If he would have come out like brawling, just. I I went back to tough man days, three one minute rounds because it was three minute rounds. Yeah. Three one minute rounds. Yeah. So I went back to just giving everything he got, just go wide open. You know, when you're boxing, you got three minutes, you got to, you got to pace yourself a little bit. Yeah. People don't, people don't realize how long three minutes is. One minute goes too quick. And he tried to box. Bad mistake. It was 38
0: seconds. It was pretty quick. And then I, I think it's just him falling and his head hitting
1: the rope. Well, Vinny, 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 the referee, Vinny Penzianzi, broke his neck. He knows a tough, he's a tough New York fighter. Sure. So he was going to let it go no matter what. He, Bart's head could have been hanging off. As long as he stood up, he would let him fought. Wow. And the knockdown prior to the last one, he probably shouldn't let him because his eyes were going everywhere. He was, he was standing and he was out.
0: It's uh, it's really amazing that like Bark Gunn didn't
1: do much after that. No, I mean it was it was a bad knockout. He was he was, I was told he didn't know what which way he was walking for about two weeks. Jeez, and it's
0: interesting that in your entire career with all the knockouts that you've had and all the fights that you've had, for a lot of people it comes down to that one fight. A lot of people know you from that one fight. That's the only thing they know me from. Yeah, that's I, it's just so interesting. That or knocking out Giant Knoxville. Well, yeah, I think we got to
1: talk about that. How did that come about? They just called me up, and I thought it was like a movie. And my son goes, Dad, you never seen Jackass? I said, no. They go, just make sure that you, that you know what they want you to do before you go. So I go, they want me to knock out Johnny. And my sister says, all right. And so I thought, I, I was talking with Johnny about, like, the script. You know, what do you want? How do you want to do this? They go, no, well, we really want you to knock me out. And I go, okay. And Johnny goes. That's when I got scared because me and Johnny become friends. Yeah. He goes. When you agreed to knock me out so quick, he said I got terrified. You know. And he goes out and lets a twelve hundred pound bull charge him. Yeah. He said I got scared. Where were you guys fighting? In, in that? it was in the like a like a convenience type store. <laughs> yeah. It was all the the little Hispanic ladies. Oh, Diablo, Satan. Oh, they, they give me hell, believe me. I believe it. I mean, you knocked him out in, what was it, like, 10 seconds? I just I let him hit me first, though. You did. It was really I, nice. I had you. to be a gentleman about it.
0: Yeah, and then you just unleashed a whole bunch of punches. I of don't you. remember
1: throwing them, though. That's the bad part. Did you f-
0: think at any point when they first called you up, they're like, this is jackass. Maybe they're going to try to prank me.
1: No, I, I, I didn't know what they
0: did. Because that's what they do. Like, they could have hit you in the nuts or something, and that would have just been part of their bed
1: and they get off on that that's crazy they do because when i fought Holmes, jeff and and, and uh, johnny come to the fight they were you know my guests they come to the fight they were back say they were hitting each other nuts all night i'm like what are y'all doing but that's they get off on it you know i was just with johnny about four or five months ago with Shot family feud and johnny i go you ready for a rematch he goes, I had vertigo for about six weeks. So I had to go to the doctor who said I couldn't stand up without getting sick. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I, didn't, I guess I ate him harder I thought I did. Did he walk out of there? He kind of. <laughs> and he had a gash on his head from the, the display case he hit. And he had a, a GQ photo shoot the next day. That actually kind
0: of lines up with his brand. It worked out perfect. Yeah. I helped him out. Why wasn't this in a ring or something like
1: that? I don't know. Well, I mean, you can't have it in the ring if it's called department store boxing. That's a that's a great point. That's a great point. I'm just using our logic now.
0: It's, it makes yeah. perfect sense. What do you think's been the biggest lesson that boxing has taught you in your life?
1: How to treat people. I mean, I judge people on how they treat me. I'll be honest, before I started boxing, I was racist. I mean, because I'm in a small, I was growing up in an all-white town, and in the south, in the south, yeah. And I just, I was racist, I'll be honest with you. And then once I started fighting, I got you know friends of every persuasion, of every which way you can go from, and it just it taught me how to treat people. I treat people on how they treat me. Mm. I don't care your color. I don't care if you're green. I don't care if you're gay or straight. I don't care. Mm. But if you treat me right, then that's that's all that matters. If you're a good person, you're you're okay in my book. Mm. And that that's one thing that boxing did for me. That you know made me just to appreciate life better. I guess. Mm. I feel like you win or learn
0: more from a win, or you learn learn more from a loss. Probably lost.
1: Really, my first loss in Madison Square Garden, which was bad. And I went outside and I got mobbed. And I mean, I got mobbed, mobbed by people. I'm going, wow. And I lost. Yeah. So I mean, it makes you feel appreciated. And then there was a kid that wanted to meet me, and I couldn't get over to him. And, they, and when I went over to meet him, he was a paraplegic. He was so happy to meet me. I go, I got, I got nothing. I mean, I ain't got no worries. I go, if I can make this kid happy just by meeting me, I mean, I got something ahead of, you know, something gonna, something's going to happen good for me. You know, if you can make one person's day better like that, yeah. I, I just, just appreciated it so much more. Yeah, yeah. I bet you have all kinds of fan interactions like that. I actually saw you at
0: WrestleCon, and I didn't know you, I didn't come up and say hi, but I saw you from a distance. And the way that you interacted with fans, you're just so incredible. Incredibly kind to
1: everybody. If you can touch somebody, if you can make them, like, I've, I've, we was in the Olympics. Evander Holyfield was there. Wouldn't sign autographs for no kids. Wouldn't, like, and I got kids coming up. I'm signing autographs. And it, if you can make somebody's day a little bit better by meeting you, mm-hmm. you're a, you're, you're an ass if you don't do it. I mean, you're just not yeah. a good person. It's also the idea that it's such
0: a small part of your day. That will end up being something that that person remembers for the rest of their life. That's
1: what I'm saying. Like we were at the grocery store today, and this lady come up, and I was with Josh when we was shopping. I was getting some groceries, and she goes, "That's Butterbean." I see them on Family Feud, <laughs> and just if you can make one person a person day a little better, it makes everybody's day better in her family, yeah. or her circle. Yeah, it's just it makes you feel good.
0: Yeah, I feel like you, like your look, is the epitome of the nickname Butterbean.
1: It stuck. I mean, I really did. I mean, I went on a butterbean diet, which is BS. It never happened. I used to get gas, and, and the guys would be like, "You've been eating butterbeans." All right, you got me. So they started chanting butterbean at the fight because they knew it pissed me off. Up to that point, you were just Eric to everybody. Well, I, they used to call me John. Okay. Because I was like a John Deere tractor, like if I we build mobile homes, if the mobile motor home would fall off, it a you know you talk about an eighty foot frame. Instead of calling a forklift, I just would pick it up and they put the dollies under the front wheel. Wow. I've always
0: been really strong. So then you became Butterbean and it just stuck. It stuck big time. And what do people
1: call you now? Is it Bean? Bean. Or Mr. Bean. <laughs> oh, I can't be Mr. Bean. My wife's, my, yeah, I know. Believe me, they. I. we had a lady call. I had a restaurant, had a guy call the restaurant. No, wait, they, they were at the restaurant and they were talking about how they love me because I've come from. From Britain here, and I had a restaurant, and I'm like, oh, oh. they actually got me confused with Mr. Bean. Oh, man. It what was it? quite funny. Does anyone call you Eric? No. When
0: was the last time someone called you Eric? That's been a while. Oh, that's so funny. Long time. Does B- B- Butterbean or Bean? Butterbean or Bean. We talked about Brawl for All, but you were also in WWE before that as well. How did that come about?
1: I didn't, like, Mark Merrill, is I stole Sable from him. Yeah. <laughs> Which mean me and Mark are still good friends. Um, it, yeah, it's it, it was real. the funny part was at the airport and the whole skit going was Mark was abusive to Sable. That's why I was stealing her from him, mm-hmm. and she had a black eye from a horse kicking her. And you know, wrestlers will get each you know little pl- play, little pranks and yeah, this and that. Yeah. And a couple of them backfired on them. One of them, when I got there, I had to do some contract work with Vince, and they go, "Oh, just go on, go on in the office. It's right here." You know, so just, well then, he and him and Austin are going at it. So ever since then, me and Vince hit it off great. And it backfired on him. But at the airport, we're leaving, and I, I look at Mark, just dead serious. I go, Mark, if you ever touch her, ever, she's going to call me, and I will come and I will beat you. And he's like, "Bean, it's a setup. It's it's not, I'm really not being a mean to her. I go, I know that. But I, I he actually thought I was pissed about it. Really? Yeah, it was funny. I got to... If you can fool a full wrestler like that, you did do, you do
0: something right. Did you ever think with the few stints you did in WWE that, hey, maybe pro wrestling is a great career for me?
1: They actually talked to me and they've even, you know, they've come to me and Vince even said, he says, you're more of a wrestler than a boxer, Bean. I mean. But the money, I was making so much more money boxing and I was fighting so regularly. I mean, I was, I was fighting once to three times. I fought three times in one month.
0: Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. No. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's still the case where boxers are making a lot of money and wrestlers and UFC fighters are certainly not. No, no, not like they should. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data Who would be on your boxing Mount Rushmore? Tyson's one of
1: them. Yeah. Tyson, Foreman. You got two more. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great fighters out there. I'd hate to, but there were two. Okay, you could just say two then. And, you know, Johnny Tapia is one of the guys I really like. Me and him become good friends. He's he's passed away now, which I knew he wasn't going to live long anyhow because he just, he had a crazy life. I don't know if you're familiar with Johnny Tappy or not. No. He he was a lighter weight guy, probably 114. But when he was a kid, he watched his mom being raped or murdered in front of him. He had a drug problem, and they brought him into this boxing, coming to world to like four or five world time, little champion, just an amazing fighter. Mm. Just always fun to, he'd always backflip something after the fights. He was just one of the guys that were just always fun to watch. After I had hurt my arm, I detached my bicep in a fight. I actually won the fight. Detached and still won the fight. He called me every day. He goes, make sure you don't be taking them pain pills.
0: Yeah.
1: And I go, Johnny, it hurts. He said, okay, as soon as it quits hurting, don't be taking them. Man. What about a fight with Mayweather? Would you fight Mayweather? He's too small. I would love to fight Mayweather. Yeah. I just something about him, I just he just rubs off. I mean
0: I think that's kind of his brand. Like that's kind of what he wants to do. Is like
1: I guess. He just talks a lot and I mean, he does back it up. He he's a heck of a fighter. Just it's like Evander Holyfield. I don't like him as a person.
0: Really? No, I don't like Evander as a person. Maybe you should fight Evander Holyfield, then.
1: It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a good fight. He would do like Holmes. He'd hit and run. And he'd run. He would stay where he would run. I, mean, I want to fight guys that, that want to fight. Mm. I'm not boxing is a boring sport. Actually, if you go watch Olympic fights, they're boring to watch. It's horrible. I'd rather watch grass grow than go to Olympic So, Matter of fact, my son just had his first fight. Oh, wow. And, uh. Bean Jr.? Bean Jr. Baby Bean. Baby Bean. But, uh, he actually hurt his arm prior to it. And he didn't let me know how bad it was actually hurt. He had detached his bicep and destroyed it. Like, actually destroyed his bicep and he still fought. And he destroyed the guy. Wow. But. It's just. It's a weird, it's a weird sport. It really is. Is there a knockout that you're especially proud of? Bart's one of them. Bart is actually one of them. There's, there's been a uh, Lewis Monaco another one that was a real, you know, he's another big fighter that knocked out. There's a couple really, but Bart, Bart was always, will be always memorable. What about when you knocked out the referee? Oh, Terry Woods. I remember him. He was brave. He was a brave guy, that I feel like he got in between you guys just a little too soon there. The bell rung. I mean, I knew the bell rung. I mean, I-, I so That was going to be was, a
0: dirty shot?
1: Yeah, I was going to- I was getting him one last time because I had about going and the bell rung and it was almost- it was already leaving. It was already on its way.
0: hmm And then he gets in there. Oh, he jumped right in. He's a good ref. It looked He like, was a good ref. It looked like you felt completely awful about it. No,
1: I didn't. It didn't bug me. Didn't bug me. Yeah, no, it didn't bug me. How many guys can say they got two knockouts in one night? (laughs) I mean, that's a good
0: point. I remember when I first saw you, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but King Hippo, who's like the Mike Tyson character, I was like, so many people think that was base after me. And I know that the timeline doesn't line up, right? It it don't. Because Mike Tyson's Punch-Out came out in 87, and you started your boxing career in the
1: 90s. That and the Robin Williams movie with the Butterbean guy. Everybody thinks that was base after. That it was me. I wasn't me. I mean, King Himbo lo- looks like it could be you. I need to get a picture and start signing it. I feel like you do. I mean, that would totally make sense. That- yeah, you, that, that's one thing I get asked about that. And, or or they ask me about how hard is Tyson hit. I go, apparently he is pretty hard. He's knocked out a lot of guys, but
0: I've never fought him. It's funny. When you type your name into Google, one of the top search suggestions is who hits harder, Butterbean or Mike Tyson? And the answer is like Butterbean might hit harder, but it's more than just hitting someone hard.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, so the reason so many people think that there's a bait and switch picture of if you Google Butterbean, Mike Tyson, the picture will come up with me and him in the ring together. Mm. It
0: never happened. Can't believe it. But it needs to. So it's not
1: just about how hard you it is just about how hard you hit? Yeah, if you connect, they're gone. Rocky told me it's not about how hard you hit. Mike Mike don't have that great a chin, I'll be honest with you. Wow. I've never been knocked out. He's been knocked out quite a few times. I feel like the trash-talking begins now. I'm not trash-talker. I like Mike Tyson. He's You're like, I'm just stating facts. But he's actually small. He's not a big guy. Mm. He's powerful. I mean, I got no doubt, but I would, the reason that my, me and Tyson would be a good fight, like I said, me and Holyfield would be a horrible fight. He would hit and run. And that's George Foreman... He told me we was talking. Me and George are good friends. And that's why he never wanted to fight Larry Holmes because Larry makes everybody look bad, because he's got a great jab and he runs. Me and me and Tyson, Tyson wouldn't be afraid. He'd come right at me. He'd go to the center of the ring. And we'd beat the shit out of each other. It'd the, be a hell of a fight to watch. The closest that you and
0: Mike Tyson got to boxing, I think is that press conference where he comes up behind you, he puts two fingers behind your head. You turn around, see it's him, and then you guys are both kind of like, But that wasn't me. That wasn't you.
1: No. Oh wow. Listen, it's an English guy that looks just like you. Yeah, I, I did. A, I like, I got a TikTok. I do TikTok. Yeah. So I dueted that one. Within like a day or two, it had five million views. That's not you. No, it's not me. Everybody online thinks that's no, you. That's not. If you listen to it, it's not me. It's some English dude. That is so funny. Yeah, they do the same prank to like five or ten different people. So uh, girls talking about. What do you think about Mike Tyson? She's bashing him and then he comes out and Yeah, yeah, that's not me. Is that your most watched TikTok? I think uh, I had one that had seven memes What was that one? It's a, a friend of mine, a little kid, he goes, Are you Butterbean? I says, Yeah, I'm Butterbean, king of the four rounders. Jake Paul will beat you. I go, I'll crush you, kid, and I'll crush Jake Paul. <laughs> like seven million views.
0: Pretty that one went crazy. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, it's such a pleasure to be able to
1: sit down with you. And like, what a career you've had. I've had, I've done so, I've done every kind of combat sport, including sumo wrestling. Only thing I haven't done is the slapping yet. What about bare knuckle? Would you do bare knuckle? I've thought about it. I feel like there would
0: be a big audience for you to do.
1: I've actually had offers, but the, the as a matter of fact, when I first started, I was ranked number one in the rankings for a long time. I had never even thought bare knuckle. I, you and BKFC would be very interesting, I think.
0: How do you think you'd do as, in bare knuckles? I think knuckle? I would do very good. Well, maybe that's another fight for but you. You
1: can't hit as hard in bare knuckles as you can with gloves on. People don't realize that. Yeah, it's a totally different sport. Yeah, it's, it's more about cutting the guy with your knuckles, and there's more cuts. And gloves glove protects the hands, which it's actually, bare knuckle uh, to me, is safer than boxing. Because uh, you're not going to knock them out as much with the gloves on.
0: Yeah. That's what David Felbin, the uh, owner of BKFC, told yep. me. And he's like, basically, picture like if you're going to go punch a wall with your bare hand, you kind of let up a little bit. Oh, without doubt, it's not because you no, don't want to no break protection. your hand. No protection. If you had a glove on, you'd try to punch right through it.
1: Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd end up with broken hands because I'd hit everything. I'd throw everything I had. I wouldn't care. Maybe it's maybe the next fight's BKFC. Then it's very possible. So look,
0: I end every conversation talking about gratitude because it's such an important part of my life. What are three things as you sit here right now that you're grateful for?
1: For one, Dallas, to be honest, to be able to walk again. I mean, my grandkids never seen me walk before I left, left here last time I was here. Wow. So, I mean, that's one thing I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm grateful for all the people that, that do support me. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for a lot of things. I'm grateful just to be alive. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to touch people just by being, being me, just because I've had a really good career path. And I mean, if you can make one person happier, you're 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 a bad person if you don't take that advantage and make them better. Yeah, seriously. Like if you can make one person smile today, and that's why that's why I like doing appearances, like public appearances, like yeah. autograph signings and things. If you can touch one person, yeah. just like I had a kid come up to me in, 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 in at in a show, and he come up and he goes, "Are you Butterbean?" I says, "Yeah," and he asked me a couple questions. I answered him and. He goes, How do you shake your hand. I ain't got no money to buy nothing." So I shook his hand, and he, he he come to the end of my table and stood there and started crying. And I'm thinking warped things: his dad's molesting him, or I didn't know why he was crying. Yeah, I like, come in and talk to me. What's that? What's going on? And he goes, "I just never thought I get to meet you." That kid walked away with so much stuff, but I was I was. It about made me cry. I mean, it really just, if you can touch somebody like that, yeah, if you can make one person's day better, yes, it's, just, it's an awesome feeling. I love that. It's like if you cook a great meal and you get compliments on it, you yeah. so good that warm feeling. Yeah, that's what it is. If you can make one person have a better day,
0: yeah, sir, thank you so much. That was a big hand, by the way. Yeah, I got a good size. Did you maybe hit me here? Let me punch. Okay, thank you for not punching my hand off. Wow, just a sweetheart of a man. Really hope you enjoyed that. And go check him out on Instagram at Butterbeanboxer. On TikTok, he's at Butterbean King of Four Round. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe after hearing this, you might want to go back and watch that knockout again from Brawl for All. Ooh. Crazy to think that actually happened. In real life, and that wasn't just like some storyline. That was like, let's see if Bart Gunn can fight. Ouch! What a knockout! I don't know if that was a good idea or not. I mean, Butterbean's even saying maybe that wasn't such a good idea. But I'm looking forward to. Could it be Butterbean versus Mike Tyson sometime in the next few months? I don't know. If you go check out his recent photos, Butterbean's recent photos on social media, the guy looks great. I I think he actually might be in better shape now than he was during the time that he was fighting. And yeah, a lot of it's his hard work, a lot of it's also because of DDP. And man, just the way that DDP believes in people. And if you've never done DDPY, I can't recommend it enough. It is, it's so good. And no matter what state you're at in your fitness journey, no matter what stage you're at there, he, he has a program for you. So go check out some DDPY. And uh, I'm going to leave you with a quote from Roy T. Bennett. seems really fitting for everything we talked about here. Do not fear failure, but rather fear not trying. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one on Ask CVV episode for some more insight.